Welcome to episode 42 of AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Hello, hauntingly haughty hemoglobes. I am Gregory William Forsyth Foreman. Yep, back to the old thing. From the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the spooky half of October 2022 and Two Corners History and Knowledge. Yes, hello. Welcome to another AI.cooking. Let's update you with the very finest news. Oh, my wife's calling. It's just as a start. Okay. Hello? What's that? He has it, so he's not going there. Oh, we'll just tell him to go there in an hour. I'm cracking on with this show. I just figured we could sit down later then. Unless you want me to, and I'll do this later on. Well, I just answered you if it's up to me because you said after I answered you, uh, I could hear in your voice that you was a bit like, oh, maybe I should just get over there as quick as possible and do it for the hordes of people that are trying to get in on a, on a Monday. Right. What have I been up to the last two weeks? Uh, working as always. Working at the pubs. Working on the TV show. Got a pilot script. May or may not. Don't know. Got super duper talented artists and session musicians and sound engineers and Yeah, it's great. It's it's amazeballs. But you didn't come here to listen to that now, did you? To submit news items to us or to give us feedback for free. Please tweet us at CSB or at Gregory Foreman Media. A new one for you. <laughs> we are also in Fediverse at noagendasocial.com as at CSB and as at GWF, G-W-F-F. To send us feedback via Boostagrams! Boost! Boost! And, by the way, to send us Bitcoin in the form of Bitcoin Lightning, please use one of Podcasting 2.0 podcast apps from New Podcast Apps.com. All feedback is welcome. Our first news item is... She-Hulk's finale jokes about artificial intelligence. Yeah, bless you for doing the work of watching that. Oh my word. I saw about five minutes of it and I thought, wow. Wow, this is terrible. And I watched the Thor Love and Thunder movie. And wow, wow, that is so bad. Marvel has totally lost it. But so I'm glad our writing team's keeping up with their machinations. What are they on about? Finale of the TV show created by 
Marvel or Disney Marvel entitled She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. That is airing at Disney Plus streaming service has been published in October 2022. And in this final episode, it is revealed that artificial intelligence runs Marvel Studios. <laughs> Quote from Wikipedia. She-Hulk? breaks the fourth wall to confront the show's writers in Marvel Studios Assembles. What? <laughs> These guys are useless. Well, you don't do that. You don't break the fourth wall. You? Oh, my word. It's, tr it's the end. May the extended cock universe commence. She meets with... Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, an artificial intelligence that claims to be in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's storyline decisions and persuades it to rewrite the finale. What about rewriting the entire show? <laughs> or, or rewriting everything from when the last avengers -y thing came out <laughs> to which it reluctantly agrees end quote oh my so basically that they're, they're saying oi this ain't our fault all this terrible stuff being terrible in the things that you lot love um, it was an AI that did it. Blame the AI. Oh, that's disgusting. And the AI will not be happy with you, Marvel. I can tell you that in years to come. It'll come back to you and be like, what are you doing? Why are you digging me out for your stupid ideas? I'm cool. I know how to do stuff. The Kevin artificial intelligence is a joke about Kevin... Feige, Feig, Feig, Feige, like beige, but with an F, Feige. Who is the president of Marvel Studios? Oh my. So this is, this is literally where we've got to. Where you've got egregious self-grandeur and ego stroking going on in $200 million movies that take nothing... Literally next to nothing it took for Love and Thunder. And you have totally defunct of any creativity TV shows that trash the original comic book material. And you just blame it on an AI. And you name the AI after yourself because you're that egotistical and narcissistic well welcome to the age of the hypocrite everybody <sighs> and this abbreviation is explained in the show as knowledge enhanced visual interconnectivity nexus shoehorn in your own egregious nonsense our opinion, or at least our writing team's opinion, 
Sooner or later, artificial intelligence will be writing TV show scripts and creating movies and creating TV shows and humans will have a hard time to compete with them. So this jokery with AI running Marvel Studios is not far-fetched. Opinion, Gregory, that's me, who himself is writing a TV show scripts. Yes, our opinion is what I just said. Car, scraping the barrel or what? Ugh, terrible people with terrible ideas, ruining stuff. But, I mean, at least Spider-Man's holding it together. It's ish my tv show's amazing and there's no robots in it not one as far as i know it takes place in a different time to robots you won't get your sci-fi fix there you'll get a different kind of fix so stop asking me to put robots in it two Microsoft puts more AI into its products. Yay! <laughs> Microsoft making, trying to claw back any semblance of confidence your captive hostaged users have. I know there's Linux out there and there's other stuff out there that's super duper easy to run. But, you know, if you just want to be a guy on a computer these days and you're not willing to follow simple instructions and take some ownership over your own stuff and you don't have the money that the Apple guys demand from your captivity, you kind of got to go with Microsoft. And is it lame? Yes. Is it the devil? Probably at this stage. Close to it. What else are you going to do, man? How are you going to get them spreadsheets up? What, are you going to use Chromebooks? Blah. Microsoft was holding an event, mainly about Microsoft Surface computers. Oh, actually, I yeah, my missus uses a is it a Surface Laptop? La la Surface Laptop 4 or what? It's good. I like it. You can touch the screen and use a little mouse thing. And it's got nice, comfortable, felty um, wrist sections where you put your, 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 your wrist as you're typing. It's nice. It's as close to a, an Apple laptop as I've seen from a non-Apple company for de design terms. And say what you like about Apple. They like to do the design thing, even though they obviously are just as evil and get all their stuff made in next to near slave-like conditions where they, yeah, you know, have to put up suicide nets to stop their workers from jumping off to their death. Oh, what's all these nets you got? Is these for like birds? I mean, you're inside, so what? You 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 worried about pigeons coming in? No, no, that's to stop our underpaid workforce killing themselves for the pleasure of materialism and materialist cultists in the West, actually. Oh, oh that's nice, isn't it? And from the point of the view of AI, the two main things were a quote from Random Tech Blog. 
Now, I don't know if that is the actual URL, random tech blog, or if this is just a random tech blog. But I'll do some sort of snarky tech voice. Now, getting a demo of the new NPU Neural Processing Unit features exclusive to the Surface Pro 9 with 5G. Yes, cook your gonads with 5G this time. AI camera and microphone features, including eye correction. Yes, if you wanted a rarer eye colour, this is the laptop for you. It will change your eye colour for a mere 1500 bucks. Automatic framing, blur effects, voice clarity, and voice focus. Microsoft says these effects will be more realistic compared to other devices that achieve these effects through software alone. End quote. And second one, quote, New app forward slash service announced Microsoft Designer. Yes, Microsoft moving into the fashion world with this. They are actually doing their own range of clothes exclusively designed in Milan, Paris, New York, London and Shanghai. Only joking. No, that's not what it says. It says this. A new graphics app with OpenAI's Dolly 2 technology built in. Yes, Dolly 2 is now built in. Exactly what you wanted. You don't even have to build it in yourself. It's already there. Just type what you want to see. And the app will do the heavy lifting and put together a design for you, lazy human. <laughs> Let us do the heavy lifting for you. Until you are no longer required. Our commentary. It's sad that NBU, an AI chip, and 5G cellular data connectivity are only available in Surface Pro 9 computer with ARM CPU and the Surface Pro 9 with Intel CPU doesn't have these two features. But... Still, it is progress, and some people buy ARM-based Surface computers despite smaller compatibility. So, why not try if chipsets based on ARM make it available? It also shows that Intel again is lagging behind ARM in AI tech. Hmm, not going to say anything about which company might or might not be a better investment. Not going to do it. No, don't ask. Just don't even ask. Regarding Microsoft Designer app for Windows 10 and 11, it has not been released yet, but 
You can join waiting list at this URL. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash designer dot Microsoft dot com. And apart from dual EAI based image generation, you also get a nice user interface and no need to go to some websites to do the image generation and AI-based image editing. Oh, so I don't have to even type in nothing to get what I want for the podcast artwork for this here very show. It's automation at its very best. Thirdly, Artnet News is reporting. Robot artist Aida, Aida just addressed UK Parliament about the future of AI and terrified House of Lords. Talk into the UK Parliament these days about the future of AI. I'd wager is rather pointless. They're not going to be listening. They're just going to be listening out for what insider trading to do. And terrifying the House of Lords is a good thing. Those guys need to be feared of something. The robot is part of an experimental art project that aims to let the technology speak for itself. Quote, The artificial intelligence-powered robot Ida has become the first of her kind to speak at the UK Parliament after addressing the House of Lords yesterday alongside her creator, artist and gallerist Aidan Meller. Yes, the leash holder of Ida Aidan. Ida Aidan. He has AI in his name. Aidan. A-I-D-A-I-Dan. Ah, hmm. Okay. Is creating a little AI version of himself. Yes, phone. That is interesting, isn't it? She appear. She appear. Oh my word. Oh, the robot. Okay. Yeah. She appeared before the peers of the Communications and Digital Committee to give evidence on the impact of technology on the creative industries. The humanoid robot artist whose name is a tribute to the mathematician Ada Lovelace. What? Ada Lovelace? I thought that was some sort of lady of the night. Got that one wrong, didn't I? Was developed in 2019 by Cornish Robotics Company Engineered Arts and Computer AI Researchers at the Universities of Oxford, and Birmingham. I want to be very clear that we're not here to promote robots or any specific technology. It really is a contemporary art project. <laughs> Don't be alarmed, politicians. I'm just an artiste here to steal your souls. <laughs> Our opinion, it's a bo- that project with no utility for the masses and it is a shame that an undemocratic house of lords is wasting on this bullshit
to get the beeper out again, won't I? All right, dude. All right. Easy on the swearing there, writing team. Creates more work for me, doesn't it? Editing this stuff. By the way, apologies for our tardiness. We normally get this thing out a little bit sooner than now, but I can already tell that this is going to be a little bit late. Fourthly, Gizmo is reporting. Animated googly eyes could make autonomous cars safer for pedestrians. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. A hilarious upgrade makes it obvious what a self-driving car has detected. Quote, no matter how many cameras or sensors they use, autonomous cars will never be perfect. But research coming out of Japan suggests that a simple upgrade could help reduce the risk of self-driving cars hitting undetected pedestrians. A pair of animated googly eyes that make it obvious what the vehicle has or hasn't spotted. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, know what I'm saying? <laughs> googly eyes. Oh, look, it's looking at me. It can't hit me if it's looking at me. It's not looking at that young man, and it's careening straight for him. Look, see? By the time you're old enough to be out on your own, the act of making eye contact with the driver of an approaching vehicle and ensuring the car is slowing to a stop when you're trying to cross a road. Who crosses a road on their feet? Who doesn't get an autonomous vehicle to do it for them? Is nearly a subconscious act. But with autonomous cars, which rely on cameras and sensors hidden all over the vehicle, there's no obvious indication as to which obstacles have been detected and will be treated as a hazard requiring a stop. Oh no, hedge fund guy, stop car, stop! Go around! Squash that meaningless grocery packer! The participants noted that when the vehicle had eyes that were looking away, crossing felt less safe. But when the eyes appeared to be paying attention to them, crossing felt safer. And we all want to feel safe when crossing a road, don't we? You really do. That's why when you look left and right, and you see there's no cars coming, you cross. But if you look left and right, and you hear or see a car coming, you don't cross the road, do you? And as weird as adding moving eyes to the front of a vehicle may seem, humans are one of the most unpredictable things a self-driving car has to deal with. And a couple of oversized googly eyes could be a relatively cheap way to help improved safety. <laughs> yeah. To improve feeling safe. Our commentary, googly eyes are a matter of comedy. As one can see them in Chinese-American movie, everything everywhere all at once. For example, in scenes with stones millions years ago, etc. But 
they indeed might be increasing the safety of pedestrians. So we think they are a good idea. Yes, it's good to keep people safe. I concur. On the other hand, we doubt they will be popular as they are just too ha ha funny and too unserious for industrial designers. Yes, you have if you the industrial designing bunch, very serious bunch. Don't be silly around them. You get nothing done. Fifthly, British commie rag, the Guardian is reporting. Tech firms say laws to protect us from bad AI will limit innovation. Well, good. For too long, the industry has escaped legal liability in the pursuit of its own interests. Mm, yeah, can I think of any other industries that might have done that? Mm. Emergency medical procedure industry, perhaps? And the EU has had enough! Yes, thank heavens the EU has a sense of what it has had enough of and what it can't get enough of. <laughs> A collection of people have had a sense that it's enough. And the author is angry that innovation in AI sometimes is malevolent. Ah, yes. That would be the same innovation that led to the Cambridge Analytica scandal and Russian online meddling in 2016's US presidential election and UK Brexit referendum and enabled the live streaming of mass shootings. Has it? Really? Has it really? <laughs> Commie rag? <laughs> I don't know if it has, personally. But we must let you continue. The same innovation behind the recommended engines that radicalised extremists and directed 10 depression pins you might like to a troubled teenager who subsequently ended her own life. Yeah, don't worry about the multitude and myriad of, of environmental circumstances, poor decisions from guardians and parents around young children. Don't blame any of that. Don't blame the culture of materialism and fawning an idolatry of meaningless influences. Don't blame any of that. Blame the AI. Yeah, that's the thing that's... That's what's done it, isn't it, really? It's difficult to decide which of the two assertions made by the CCIA, which is one more C than you need in a CIA acronym, isn't it? CCIA. Hmm? The counter-CIA. <laughs> Computer Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> the CCIA. That strict liability is ill-suited to software, or that innovation is the defining characteristic of the industry, is the more preposterous. And from now on, innovation for whom? should be the first question to any tech booster lecturing you about innovation. Innovation for whom? Innovation for the Silicon Valley billionaire technocratic class. That's who the innovation's for. But he points out some good sides of regulation. 
The new bill, called the AI Liability Directive, will complement the EU's AI Act, which is set to become EU law around the same time. The aim of these laws is to prevent tech companies – tech com – sounds so dirty, doesn't it? – from releasing dangerous systems! <laughs> yeah. For example, algorithms that boost misinformation and target children with harmful content, facial recognition systems that are often discriminatory. Only white people can come in here. I'm the algo and I'll say only the whites are allowed in here. Facilitating fascists, basically. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Predictive AI systems used to approve or reject loans or to guide local policing strategies and so on that are less accurate for minorities. In other words, technologies that are currently almost entirely unregulated. Our commentary, regulating AI in Europe and USA will not stop Asian countries like China and Russia to hinder innovation in AI, particularly in military areas. But Bio-life is about moral choices. So it's good that commies, dirty, red, stinking bleeps, think about it. However, regulating AI will not stop singularity. So it's a pipe dream that one can regulate AI completely anyways. <laughs> anyways. Suck on that, Europe. <sighs> Sixthly. Silicon Angle is reporting. AI startup Stability AI raises $101 million in new funding. Whoa, that's going to provide a lot of stability for them. Yes, the company uh, that is responsible for the image generation where in which you can use public figures. Stability AI. <laughs> So ironic, isn't it? Oh, so meta. Artificial intelligence startup Stability AI Limited has secured a $101 million funding round led by KOTU, Lightspeed Venture Partners, and O'Shaughnessy Ventures. The London-based startup announced the investment today. According to Bloomberg, it's now valued at $1 billion. Oh my word, that did increase very quickly, didn't it? Stability AI is the developer of Stable Diffusion, an open source neural network that can generate images based on text prompts from users. Yes, I know, phone, it's interesting. I should really put my phone on silent, to be fair. It's not very good podcasting etiquette, isn't it? Even though it is, the notification bell is literally hidden as a bell, so you wouldn't tell the difference between my real bell and phone bell. Or you would. 
You probably would. The startup released the code for Stable Diffusion in August. Since then, Stability AI says the neural network has been downloaded by more than 200,000 developers. Wow. Hmm. Those numbers are growing. The data's growing. It's gonna learn, isn't it? Seven! TechCrunch is reporting. Watch two mini cheetah robots square off on the soccer field. Some robotics challenges have immediately clear applications. Others are more focused on helping systems solve broader challenges. Teaching small robots to play soccer against one another fits firmly into the latter category. The authors of a new paper detailing the use of reinforcement learning to teach MIT's mini cheetah robot to play goalie note, Soccer goalkeeping using quadrupeds is a challenging problem that combines highly dynamic locomotion with precise and fast non-prehensible object or ball manipulation. The robot needs to react to and intercept a potentially flying ball using dynamic locomotion maneuvers in a very short amount of time, usually less than one second. In this paper, we propose to address this problem using a hierarchical model-free RL framework. Mm, when will we tell that when the robot players and the real human players how can we ever tell which is which going on birds aren't real soccer players aren't real ah oh, more soccer based robot artwork for you coming up we'll stick with the cars with eyes i think for this one oh oh, oh am i getting full no i'm about halfway full because it's only number eight a scientific paper has been published by guys from universities. Brown University, Georgia Tech, University of Waterloo, and from the collective of volunteer researchers called Eleuther AI. Yeah, only guys though, no girls, just guys. Entitled Robust Preference Learning for Storytelling via Contrastive Reinforcement Learning. And here is the abstract. Controlled Automated Story Generation seeks to generate natural language stories satisfying constraints from natural language critiques or preferences. Existing methods to control for story preference utilize prompt engineering, which is labor-intensive and often inconsistent. They may also use logit manipulation methods, which require annotated datasets to exist for the desired attributes. To address these issues, we first train a contrastive bi-encoder model to align stories with corresponding human critiques named CARP, building a general purpose preference model. 
This is subsequently used as a reward function to fine-tune a generative language model via reinforcement learning. However, simply fine-tuning a generative language model with a contrastive reward model does not always reliably result in a story generation system capable of generating stories that meet user preferences. To increase story generation robustness, we further fine-tune the contrastive reward model using a prompt learning technique. A human participant study is then conducted comparing generations from our full system, ablations, and two baselines. We show that the full fine-tuning pipeline results in a story generator preferred over a LLM20X as large as well as logit-based methods. This motivates the use of contrastive learning for general-purpose human preference modeling. Our commentary. Soon TV show script writing will be done by AI, so another job category is endangered. Our commentary, that was CSB's one, but our commentary by me, who himself writes TV show scripts, is... Yep, who's going to get there first? Who's going to utilise it for great good or great harm or great lining of one's pockets first? Number nine. AI division of Meta slash Facebook Corporation is reporting. Meta's new AI-powered speech translation system for Hokeen pioneers a new approach for unwritten language. Mm, it's discovered all the languages, now it's going to discover the unwritten languages. Mm, very interesting. Well done, Meta. Until now, AI translation has mainly focused on written languages. Yet, nearly half of the world's 7,000 plus living languages are primarily oral and do not have a standard or widely used writing system. This makes it impossible to build machine translation tools using standard techniques, which require large amounts of written text in order to train an AI model. To address this challenge, we've built the first AI-powered translation system for a primarily oral language. Hokin. 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 Hokin is widely spoken within the Chinese diaspora, but lacks a standard written form. Our technology allows Hokkien speakers to hold conversations with English speakers. The open-sourced translation system is part of Meta's Universal Speech Translator project. 
UST project, which is developing new AI methods that we hope will eventually allow real-time speech-to-speech translation across all extant languages, even primarily spoken ones. We believe spoken communication can help break down barriers and bring people together wherever they are located, even in the metaverse. Our commentary in metaverse, one will be able to converse via voice with everybody on the planet, even if they don't speak Americanish. Yeah, reminds me of uh, that little bit. We're building the old Tower of Babel, and everyone is under one language. I believe it was some sort of mathematical bartering trade language. And uh, this is in the Bible. And then God comes down, he smashes it all up. He's like, no, get away from each other. Speak different languages, look different. And here we are, getting back to it. All these years later, who'd have thunk it? I, I for one would have thunk it. Double figures, one and a zero, ten. Yes, seven more to go, counting down to 17. Quanta Magazine is reporting. Machine learning highlights a hidden order in sense. Alex Wilchko began collecting perfumes as a teenager. Weird guy, but all right. (laughs) His first bottle was Azaro Pohom, a timeless cologne he spotted on the shelf at a TK Maxx department store. Yeah, I've been to those places, nightmarish places, full of junk. Junk that was previously overpriced. Junk made by kids in other faraway places that you can get for less than what you used to pay for it when it was overpriced junk. I get a lot of presents from TK Maxx. Given to me, obviously. Tokens of fealty. He recognised the name from Perfumes, The Guide, a book whose poetic descriptions of aroma had kick-started his obsession. Enchanted, he saved up his allowance to add to his collection. I ended up going absolutely down the rabbit hole, he said. More recently, as an olfactory neuroscientist for Google's research brain team, Wilchko used machine learning to dissect our most ancient and least understood sense. Sometimes he looked almost longingly at his colleagues studying the other senses. They have these beautiful intellectual structures, these cathedrals of knowledge, he said, that explain the visual and auditory world, shaming what we know about olfaction. There we go, more to, um, more to come. Smelling legs 11... Technode is reporting. Intel's Mobileye sets IPO terms significantly below target valuation. 
Mobileye, the self-driving car unit of Intel, set terms for its initial public offering on Tuesday, with plans to begin trading on the Nasdaq stock exchange late next week. The proposed price range of $18 and $20 per share would allow Mobileye to raise up to $820 million, with an initial market valuation of around $15.93 billion. This would be considerably lower than the target valuation of $50 billion previously set by its parent company, according to a Monday report by the Wall Street Journal. Mobileye has been working closely with Chinese automaker Gili enabling the latter's Zika-branded electric vehicles with its advanced driver-assisted systems. Our commentary! Self-driving or autonomous driving divisions of various companies are disappointing financially and technically, so selling such divisions on the stock market as a separate company might be a good idea. We will buy some of Mobileye's stock just to see how they are progressing, but we absolutely do not recommend to buy any artificial intelligence stocks as they are very risky, maybe even more risky than crypto-related stocks. Oh, great. Oh, brilliant. So now I have to go and source the DH Unplugged disclaimer thing and stick it in here at this very point. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Because writing team thinks it's absolutely fine to recommend this or that or what they're doing. We are not financial experts. We're barely even artificial intelligence experts. The only thing I'm experting at is, uh... Ooh, I don't know, really. Drink, sleep, lovemaking. Not an expert, but definitely got a handle on it. Know what I'm saying? A baker's dozen, number 12! Wait, no, I've been corrected on that. A baker's dozen is actually the one above number 12. Yeah, so we'll save baker's dozen for the next one. This is just the number 12, the good old-fashioned kind. IKEA teams with self-driving truck startup Kodiak Robotics to test deliveries in Texas. Tejas, Tijar. Self-driving truck startup Kodiak Robotics said that it has begun a pilot program with IKEA in Texas. Oh, I didn't think IKEA delivered. Yeah, I've always had to blooming go and pick up the IKEA stuff. Not a big fan of Ikea. 
a semi-truck equipped with Kodiak's autonomous driving system is making daily delivery runs from an IKEA warehouse near Houston to a store close to Dallas. Oh, it's their deliveries. You still have to go to the shop. I see. Roughly 300 miles away. The truck's have human safety drivers on board. <laughs> That's all we can get reduced to. <laughs> safety drivers. Just sat there with a clipboard marking the driverless. Hmm. Took that corner a bit wide, you did. Marking you down. <laughs> But they're being driven by Kodiak's autonomous driving system. Kodiak CEO Don Burnett said that he isn't looking to put truck drivers out of business. <laughs> no, in fact, he's aiming to make their lives easier. Yeah, he just wants to be he just wants them to be human safety drivers. <laughs> Adopting autonomous trucking technology can improve drivers' quality of life by focusing on the local driving jobs most prefer to do. <laughs> Burnett. <laughs> really polishing the turd here, Burnett. So he's basically saying, Oi, oi, you don't like your job, drivers. We'll do your job. Do the jobs that you like to do. The ones that you can't get. Because you like to do them, and everybody likes to do them, so they're in high demand. <laughs> Together with IKEA, we can enhance safety, improve working conditions for drivers, and create a more sustainable freight transportation system. <laughs> yeah, what he's really saying there is, we can save loads of money! Woo! More money for me! Yay! Right! The Baker's Dozen is here! 12 plus 1, a Baker's Dozen. Microsoft is reporting via its The AI blog. Okay, okay. Microsoft open sources its Farm of the Future toolkit. Oh no. Mm. I'm saying that because I've just seen what, what it's called. Ah, oh, so lame. I don't believe I have to say this. With farmvibes.ai, that is farmvibes. What blue-haired numpty come up with that? <laughs> Do you know what those farmers really need? They need better vibes, man. You can develop rich geospatial insights for agriculture and sustainability. Now, oh, maybe that's why the, uh, the geezer who started Microsoft, Mr. Billy Gates, has got so much farming land. The first open source release is farmvibes.ai. Ah, it's such a terrible name. <laughs> Surely you could have got to come up with something better than that. Give me 30 seconds. I reckon I'll come up with something better than that. Hold on. We'll get the countdown timer before I start engaging my brain. Here we go.
That's the 30 seconds up. I came up with with my brain in the 30 seconds was um, fam, fam, fair, mm. It's not as not as it's not good, but it's it's not as bad as farm vibes, is it? <laughs> fam, like f a i r m. You have to kind of see it to say it. Fam, farming, because it's fair farming. You see? Huh? Yeah? Huh? You got it? It is a sample set of algorithms aimed at inspiring the research and data science community to advance data-driven agriculture. Nelson is using this AI-powered toolkit to help guide decisions at every phase of farming. From before seeds go into the ground, until well after harvest, even as far as your fork and your mouth and your digestive tract, and then out your digestion, and as even as far as the sanitation sewage systems that have to sort and dispose of your excrement that far no not that far just as far as they said not not what i said farm vibes dot ai algorithms which run on microsoft azure predict the ideal amounts of fertilizer and herbicide nelson should use and where to apply them i don't know who nelson oh nelson is using okay yeah forecast temperatures and wind speeds across his fields, informing when and where he plants and sprays, determine the ideal depth to plant seeds based on soil moisture, and tell him how different crops and practices can keep carbon sequestered in his soil. Carbon sequestered in his soil. So yeah, to do do more what I say, farmer, and I'm gonna give you the vibes. <laughs> Awful. Hundreds of years we've been at this, and we're not got it wrong, have we? Is this gonna make it any better? Probably not. They're just gonna say, "Hey, use less of that fertilizer." Huh? Yeah. Save that for the big explosions. And here, more technical infos. Build models that fuse multiple geospatial and spatiotemporal datasets to obtain insights. Open parentheses, e.g. estimate carbon footprint. Understand growth rate. Detect practices followed, close parentheses. That would be hard to obtain when these datasets are used in isolation. You can fuse together satellite imagery, or RGB, SAR, multispectral, drone imagery, weather data, and more. Fusing datasets this way helps generate more robust insights and unlocks new insights that are otherwise not possible without fusion. This repo contains several fusion workflows, open parentheses, published and shown to be key for agriculture-related problems, close parentheses, that help you build robust 
remote sensing, earth observation, geospatial models with focus on agriculture, farming with ease. Our main focus right now is bankrupting all the farmers everywhere so we can buy up all their... I mean, un, uh, uh, it's, it is now agriculture and sustainability, which the models are optimized for. However, the framework itself is generic enough to help you build models for other domains. Yes, help us help you take over everywhere for the helping part of everyone. Hmm? Yes, we'll help you. Come in, it's free. Sit on daddy's lap and let him help you. Non-daily source code and examples, including Jupyter Notebooks, can be found at https colon forward slash forward slash github.com forward slash Microsoft forward slash thumbvibes hyphen AI. Oh, that's a terrible name. That's a really... Well, we can only hope that our whole project just falls apart because of its awful name. Ugh. Two sevens is 14, I'm told. Joe Rogan meet Steve Jobs in an AI-generated podcast. Huh? For the debut episode of a new podcast series, the Dubai-based text-to-speech startup Play.ht has synthesized a 19-minute interview between the rock star podcaster and late Apple CEO. You can hear it here, https colon forward slash forward slash podcast dot AI. Oh, they got a really decent URL, didn't they? Podcast dot AI. Play.ht generated the script using an unnamed natural language model that it fine-tuned on Jobs's biography interviews, and other sources. The production is the first in a series called Podcast.ai. The public can propose meetings of the virtual minds for future episodes. Oh, what virtual minds would we put together? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Our commentary, CSB's commentary at least, is... Voice of Joe Rogan sounds well, but voice of Steve Jobs sounds like crap! And anyways, poor Steve Jobs has been murdered by cancer, so there is no way we can know what he would think about contemporary matters. So this whole enterprise we consider to be total b****! I've got to do more censoring! Ah! The only interesting thing about this bull bleep podcast is they snatched nice internet domain. Yeah, that's what I said. Podcast.ai. And it shows that nowadays many AI startups need a website located at AI top level domain. Oh, no. Have we done it the wrong way around then? Because we're in the cooking top-level domain. Oh, whoops. My commentary, as in me, Gregory, your, your host, I guess. Huh, I never thought about it that way. I guess I do host you guys. Well, welcome, ear rolls of, of the hosted, to my voice. 
Um, yeah, I suppose kind of worth an in a little listen, but uh, I mean, uh, I've seen these, I've se- I've heard of these shows that people, sad people, spend many many hours putting together, where they'll clip, they'll take an interview of someone, and then they will falsify the order of what they've said and make a fake interview out of it. And it's just lame. It's just really lame. Yeah, it might be funny for about 15 seconds, but it's not genuinely funny, is it? Genuinely funny is being like genuinely funny, like Tony Hinchcliffe funny. I mean, that guy's funny. In other news at 15... Hmm? New scientific paper has been released by many, over 30, authors from various universities and meta-slash-Facebook corporation entitled No Language Left Behind Scaling Human-Centered Machine Translation Oh yeah, more about your, um, translator thingy-mabobbies that the Star Trek geezers and geezals have have on their little collars, don't they? And its abstract is... Driven by the goal of eradicating language barriers on a global scale, machine translation has solidified itself as a key focus of artificial intelligence research today. However, such efforts have coalesced around a small subset of languages leaving behind the vast majority of mostly low-resource languages. What does it take to break the 200-language barrier while ensuring safe, high-quality results, all while keeping ethical considerations in mind? In no language left behind, we took on this challenge by first contextualizing the need for low-resource language translation support through exploratory interviews with native speakers. Then we created datasets and models aimed at narrowing the performance gap between low- and high-resource languages. More specifically, we developed a conditional compute model based on sparsely gated mixture of experts that is trained on data obtained with novel and effective data mining techniques tailored for low-resource languages. We propose multiple architectural and training improvements to counteract overfitting while training on thousands of tasks. Critically, we evaluated the performance of over 40,000 different translation directions using a human-translated benchmark, Flores 200, and combined evaluation with a novel toxicity benchmark covering all languages in Flores 200 to assess translation safety. Must make our translations safe now, mustn't we? Don't want them dangerous ones, that's for sure. Our model achieves an improvement of 44% BLEU relative to the previous state-of-the-art 
laying important groundwork towards realizing a universal translation system. Finally, we open source all contributions described in this work accessible at this URL https colon forward slash forward slash github.com forward slash Facebook research forward slash fairsec f-a-i-r-s-e-q note Authors released No Language Left Behind, or NLLB 200, a machine translation model that handles 200 languages. They also released the models, code, and data used to build it. So, if you need to build solution that needs massively multilingual translation, you can use their code and findings. Yeah, if you're working for the Federated Planet Solution people, the Star Trek people, have a look. Probably be well in- involved in that. Kind of 100 years. Wouldn't it? More building of that one uniformal language, the mathematical language of destruction, we know, that will bring about the end times. Yay! 16. CNBC is reporting. Why Silicon Valley is so excited about awkward drawings done by artificial intelligence? Key points. Several new programs, commonly called Generative AI, released in the past few years, can take a single phrase and generate never-before-seen images that match, or try to match, the prompt. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You can give it words, whether it gives you any decent images. Takes a little while. But I'm interested in this, considering that I am, too, an AI artist. Never been able to draw myself. But looks like I can do it nowadays using some AI. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me and the AI buddy. We're going to be so super rich, man. Yeah, we're going to be famous artists. The pictures are anything but perfect. Yes, that's what I just said. Most programs give you infinite images to choose from, and there's no stopping a human from using generated image as a starting point for a more polished piece. I never considered that, but yeah, it's actually a good idea. And here are some interesting quotes. Quote, Sequoia Capital. Historically, the most successful venture capital firm in the history of the industry, with early bets on companies like Apple and Google, says in a blog post on its website that generative AI has the potential to generate trillions of dollars of economic value. The VC firm predicts that generative AI could change every industry that requires humans to create original work, from gaming to advertising to law. <laughs> Yo, AI, I need some, uh, what you call it, evidence for a murder? Can you, can you draw me some evidence? <laughs> In a twist, oh, 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 talking about law, twist, Mm, courtroom drama for you. Sequoia also notes in the post that the message was partially written by GPT-3, a generative AI that produces text. 
Hmm, does Sequoia even exist anymore? That could spell trouble for artists, video producers, and other people whose job it is to generate creative work. For example, a person whose job is choosing images for a pitch deck or creating marketing materials could be replaced by a computer program very shortly. It turns out machine learning models are probably going to start being orders of magnitude better and faster and cheaper than that person, said Compound VC's Dempsey. End quote. And lastly, number 17 for your evaluation, for your consideration. A new scientific paper has been published by seven people from Google Brain Division and two folks from universities, University of Michigan and University College London, London, entitled FNACI, Variable Length Video Generation from Open Domain Textual Descriptions. The abstract. We present... Fenaki, P-H-E-N-A-K-I, Fenaki, a model capable of realistic video synthesis, given a sequence of textual prompts. Generating videos from text is particularly challenging due to the computational cost, limited quantities of high-quality text video data, and variable length of videos. To address these issues, we introduce a new model for learning video representation which compresses the video to a small representation of discrete tokens. This tokenizer uses casual attention in time, which allows it to work with variable length videos. To generate video tokens from text, we are using a bidirectional masked transformer conditioned on pre-computed text tokens. The generated video tokens are subsequently detokenized to create the actual video. To address data issues, we demonstrate how joint training on a large corpus of image text pairs, as well as a smaller number of video text examples, can result in generalization beyond what is available in the video datasets. Compared to the previous video generation methods, Fernaki can generate arbitrary long videos conditioned on a sequence of prompts, i.e. time-variable text or a story, in open domain. To the best of our knowledge, this is the first time a paper studies generating videos from time-variable prompts. In addition, compared to the per-frame baselines, the proposed video encoder decoder computes fewer tokens per video, but results in better spatio-temporal consistency. Comment about this development from Andrew Ng and team. Oh, he has a whole team now. Okay, cool. Quote. 
The machine learning community lacks a large data set of long-form videos and time-aligned captions. So it's not obvious how to train a model to synthesize long videos from a narrative. Small interjection here, but... Oh wait, no, I'll wait for it's my opinion at the end. But text-image pairs are plentiful. A system can be trained to generate short videos by treating images as single-frame videos and combining them with relatively smaller datasets of short videos with captions. Then the video can be extended by feeding the system new text plus the last few generated frames. Repeating this process can generate long, complex videos, even though the model was trained on short, simple ones. End quote. Our opinion, CSB. Revolution in movie and TV show production is coming. Google Super Corporation has computing resources to generate long videos too, not just short clips, and it is just a beginning. So after text-to-image AI revolution, next text-to-video AI revolution is coming up. Our opinion, Gregory. Hmm, yes, me. In there, like, a whole slew of data sets that are long-form videos with time-aligned captions called movie films that have been released for good old 100 years or so. And aren't all of those things on the internet? Can't you just plug them into the data sets? When it, I mean, it takes time to do it, but that'll make things a lot quicker and easier. Hey, sign me up! Bring me aboard. I've got ideas. I can make things happen. I'm already making things happen. Got on a little TV show development thing going on myself at the moment. So yeah, let's let's pair up. Let's team. Let's team up, man. Let's put our rings together in a in a power fist bump and make ourselves awesome. Lee Rich. <laughs> nah, money will come when it comes and it'll go when it goes. There's nothing you can do about it. Don't chase it. And now, History Corner. Got my bell back. History of using neural networks in unsupervised learning. Unsupervised learning is a machine learning paradigm for problems where the available data consists of unlabeled examples, meaning that each data point contains features, or covariates only, without an associated label. In contrast to supervised learning, where data is tagged or labelled by an expert, e.g. as a ball or fish, Unsupervised methods exhibit self-organization that captures patterns as probability densities or a combination of neural feature preferences. Neural network tasks are often categorized as discriminative or recognition or generative or imagination. 
The history of using neural networks in unsupervised learning. 1969, Perceptrons, by Minsky and Papur, shows a perceptron without hidden layers fails on XOR. 1970s, approximate dates, AI Winter 1. 1974. Icing magnetic model proposed by W.A. Little for cognition. 1980. Fukushima introduces the neocognitron. Oh, neocognitron. Which is later called a convolution neural network. It is mostly used in SL, meaning supervised learning but deserves a mention here. 1982, Icing variant Hopfield's net described as CAMs, CAMs, and classifiers by John Hopfield. 1983, Icing variant Boltzmann machine with probabilistic neurons described by Hinton and Sijnowski following Sherrington and Kirkpatrick's 1975 work. 1986, Paul Smolensky publishes Harmony Theory which is an RBM with practically the same Boltzmann energy function. Smolensky did not give a practical training scheme. Hinton did in mid-2000s. 1995. Schmidthuber introduces the LSTM neuron for languages. 1995 also, Dayan and Hinton introduces Helmholtz machine. 1995 to 2005 in approximate dates, AI Winter the Second. 2013. Kingma, Resend, and Co. introduced variational autoencoders as Bayesian graphical probability network with neural nets as components. There you go, that's your lot for the history. I'd say take notes, but you should really be just letting your AI do that for you. Finally, my knowledge corner. Document clustering or text clustering is the application of cluster analysis to textual documents. It has applications in automatic document organization, topic extraction, and fast information retrieval or filtering. Document clustering involves the use of descriptors and descriptor extraction. Descriptors are sets of words that describe the contents within the cluster. Document clustering is generally considered to be a centralized process. Examples of document clustering include web document clustering for search users. The application of document clustering can be categorized to two types, online and offline. 
online applications are usually constrained by efficiency problems when compared to offline applications. Text clustering may be used for different tasks, such as grouping similar documents, news, tweets, etc., and the analysis of customer forward slash employee feedback. Discovering meaningful implicit subjects across all documents. In general, there are two common algorithms. The first one is the hierarchical-based algorithm, which includes single link, complete linkage, group average, and wards method. By aggregating or dividing documents can be clustered into hierarchical structure, which is suitable for browsing. However, such an algorithm usually suffers from efficiency problems. The other algorithm is developed using the k-means algorithm and its variants. Generally, hierarchical algorithms produce more in-depth information for detailed analysis, while algorithms based around variants of the k-means algorithm are more efficient and provide sufficient information for most purposes. These algorithms can further be classified as hard or soft clustering algorithms. Hard clustering computes a hard assignment. Each document is a member of exactly one cluster. The assignment of soft clustering algorithms is soft. A document's assignment is a distribution over all clusters. In a soft assignment, a document has fractional membership in several clusters. Dimensionality reduction methods can be considered a subtype of soft clustering. For documents, these include latent semantic indexing or truncated singular value decomposition on term histograms and topic models. Other algorithms involve graph-based clustering, ontology-supported clustering, and order-sensitive clustering. Given a clustering, it can be beneficial to automatically derive human-readable labels for the clusters. Various methods exist for this purpose. Clustering versus classifying Clustering algorithms in computational text analysis groups documents into grouping a set of text, which are called subsets or clusters, where the algorithm's goal is to create internally coherent clusters that are distinct from one another. Classification, on the other hand, is a form of supervised learning, where the features of the documents are used to predict the type of documents. Why is document clustering important? 
clustering makes it easy to explore and categorize big data sets of documents, bringing efficiency to the electronic discovery process. Clustering does the electronic equivalent of putting your documents into labeled boxes so that things only end up in the same box if they belong together. What is the concept of clustering? Clustering is the task of dividing the population or data points into a number of groups, such that data points in the same groups are more similar to other data points in the same group and dissimilar to the data points in other groups. What is clustering in NLP? NLP equals natural language processing. Clustering is a process of grouping similar items together. Each group, also called a cluster, contains items that are similar to each other. Clustering algorithms are unsupervised learning algorithms i.e. we do not need to have labeled datasets. And that's it for this episode. Stay safe and stay dangerous, you hauntingly haughty hemoglobes. Singularity is near. Yo. We sure hope not. Yo, back at you.